Okay. Shraggy, you good? Speaking of Rilchas Yamim, so I didn't want to forget to mention, this is a classic for our sugya, and two people mentioned that somebody said it over in their stadium for around late. He asked the Shaila, why is it, this is the only way to look at life, but you have to train yourself, why is it that in recent years, people are living a long time? So he asked most people, he asked a doctor, who's not from, not Yehuda, so they would ask, uh, well, what kind of, what kind of question is that? Like, you know, we have medicine, we have uh, technology, we have uh, pacemakers, we have this and that. That's not, apparently, the, the mitzvah is based on something that's either a positive ruchnius or a par or a There's a reason for it. And then the explanation is what Hashem put into the teva. So he wants to know, why are people all of a sudden living dramatically uh, old age that is no shaykh is not like it went up a couple of years before the war it was um, due to many factors why did Hashem change it? so he said that it's written this far and we know which safer because we started the whole sugi with this last year if you remember he said that one of the keys we need to bring the gula is keep it up aim because that's the only schus that Esav has in order to overcome that schus, we need to be very good at it, better at it. So he said, nowadays they're holding right before the gula, and we need the schusim to get to the finish line. So Hashem created that people should live longer, they should be able to keep it away more. Well, Hashem has to make it one when, when, when the Hashem has the Gedola got rid of the Yetzirah for Avodah Do you notice shortly afterwards, monotheism spread throughout the world? Kosh Baruch always keeps an equilibrium, so it's not so obvious there's Nisim and Aflaz going on over here, otherwise no one would have Bechira. No, they can more keep it up, and they can they don't really, first of all, they're not. <laughs> That's the first thing. <laughs> and unfortunately, in a very big way, like, they're close family members of mine, like, very close. Like, almost like Yishta Kagufo type close. Uh, that tell me that it's Hafluvafela. She interacts with a lot of from people in their families who are doing Baruch Hashem very well and keep it up aim. And I don't even Magala too much in case anybody, whatever. It's not a critique of where she works. So other Rabbi, they're trying to do their best. But she said she's Nispal. And as a, as a nurse, she sees her all the time. She had recently a patient. I won't say what, what nationality. They're clearly not Jewish. And um, what? Gentile. Yes, and then nationality. Clearly, clearly not Jewish. And they came in to tell her she was a former patient. They came in to tell her in a very sad way. They came over and said, just you know, so and so is in a bad way and we're preparing funeral arrangements. So she said, Are you trying to tell me she was she's deceased? The apparently yeah. Said, No, no, no. We just we took her out of the hospital and we put her into hospice and therefore we're preparing funeral arrangements and they didn't think there was anything in Congress or immoral about that process because it's becoming standard in many places and she innocently asked she came up pretty horrified told me about it unfortunately I hear these things all the time but she said like how do they know like the Brahmish preparing they said no no it's going to be like 48 hours of course it is if you starve them I haven't talked about active euthanasia. If you starve them, then, um, so Yaakov, you have nothing to worry about. <laughs> there is not, that's not keep it of aim. It's unbelievable. But this is like, they said it like, they came to let her know since she was a former 
practitioner who had helped her out uh, a while ago, but she was part of the program. So they came to let her know that uh, they're making arrangements. She was sure they came with such a sad face. She thought, she thought that she died. They said, no, not yet. We're working on it. It's, 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 uh, I mean, it's, it's hard. You could make it. What? They also flip off switches, you know. Yeah, but I'm saying even if you're not, people think hospice sounds so nice because it's comfortable and they had marble and they got nice lights and dim lights and all sorts of things. Now, there's Jewish hospice also. There's a big Disney Jewish hospice under halachic auspices. Not the same show as the word. And, um, and Jewish that has nothing to do with Judaism besides the cult of fish. You've got to be very careful with these things. Ramesha says you can't not feed somebody. You can't not give them oxygen. You can't. And uh, yes, the people turning off machines also and uh, literally you know, killing people that way. But this is, this is a very serious problem. And the downward pressure from the Obamacare and whatever is going to replace it, whatever did replace it. And the, uh, people don't have enough you know, money in the system, and we're still ahead of the social medicine in other countries, but uh, we hope to remain ahead, and it's a problem. But keep it of aim, in general, and in particular for end-of-life issues when they can't play tennis anymore, it's pretty bad. And we have to make sure it's part of our keep it of aim that it shouldn't seep in. That's the, uh, that's the issue. So I'm, I'm, after hearing all these stories, I'm less concerned about your, uh, your concern, but people are living longer. Byron Leib says, push it, that's why. He said, give us more of us list to... Is that an amazing way? It's an amazing way to look at life all the time. You look at them at CS, and you don't... It's not interested in what it says in the medical journals and what it says in the, in the, in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, and they, he, he's not interested in what the papers say. He's interested in why did Hashem rig it that this should be the matzah? The answer is because we need the... I mean, I have said hundred years ago. We need this list to keep it of aim. So... It's an important, uh, important insight, I think. Uh, with that, we go back to Rab Typhon. Rab Typhon, who was the Gedalia Tanaim, from the Gedalia Tanaim and Asher Muflug, and he had plenty of servants, and he walks into the best measures to say over the story of how his mother lost her shoe and he picked her up and she walked on his feet and he crouched down and every night she goes to sleep and he crouches down again and she uses him as a footstool. And uh, the Meisham, Sefer Meisham, wants to know why Rab Typhon is speaking like this in a base Medrash. Like normally, you don't talk about your mitzvahs and Meisham Typhon. So why is he announcing this? If you go on page uh, one, uh, three lines to the bottom, the last paragraph: Plia das mi many Rab Typhon gedeli Yisroa b'chachma v'chasidus echutula lishdaber ba'atzma v'maisa v'Typhon ulis alo aleim. We know he's not a Balgaiva, he's a tremendous honor, he's a tremendous Sadik, so what's going on over here? It should never be you who's complimenting yourself. Go to page two. Second paragraph. He thinks the Pshat is as follows, which is, which is again, how to get the message across of understanding how to be mechadech, our children, and encourage others. You have page one and page two, they're two different, uh, not double-sided. Second paragraph. Obvious he wasn't doing this out of Gaiva or uh, the Redifus HaKovid. He was from He had a lot of Tamidim. He walked to the best measure. Everybody was listening when he had something to say. He wanted to teach the Tamidim by example. She these people listened to him and he made a strong ration on them. So he didn't want to just teach keep it of him. He wanted to tell them about how to do it. And the Chiddush, of course, with him, as we'll explain in a minute, 
Redumim meitar demaisam. They should wake up. Lolamed yedayim lekar ben yemitzis kibud avoisam. Dalo dvarm kavachaymer. And they should draw their own conclusion from the following obvious kavachaymer. Ma imrab tarifim idalit tanan vashirem. Shemistam makivin shalshar hayyayilav adam shvachas abenei bayis. Rab Moed had plenty of help, plenty of servants, and he didn't have to get down on his hands and knees and do this himself. And he suddenly could build a footstool to get up to the bunk bed. Afilahachi. She's probably short, and it wasn't a bunk bed, a regular bed. He felt it was important, if he can, and he's around, to do it himself. So therefore, Physically, and this next line is very important, uh, again, an important yesoid that we've been trying to hammer away at that goes against the grain of the... Uh, of the air, the atmosphere. <laughs> means you have to understand that even if as the years go on, you might be greater than your parents, you might not. In your eyes, they're greater than you and you're here to be mishabit yourself to them. Irrelevant who's greater and who's not. That's the lesson over here. And um, we look at it today as, you know, you're asked to do a chore. Okay, so how many chores are we doing and the other one's doing and what are we getting for it and where's the incentive and where are the points in the refrigerator? The whole system, but the Iker Kibbut is L'Sharsam, besides bringing the Nachas, of course, as becoming a lost art, which we can't forget about. You have to know, uh, again, what works. Shalayu Nechshavin Lefneim Alaneim Klum. That's so powerful. It says that you should look at yourself. You're nobody in front of them. You're here to service them. So why are we here to service them? Uh, who says they're better than me? The answer is, says, So there has to be a mindset if it's going to succeed. That's his point. Which is pretty powerful. And Tyrefin wanted to get that across. So Tyrefin knew that they knew. He's got a lot of servants. And he's fabulously wealthy. And he's super chashev. And he doesn't have to do this. But he's doing it anyway. Because that's the way you're supposed to be posturing yourself mentally and therefore physically if you could do it. And he wanted to teach the Tamidim. There's a big difference when you read this to Tamidim versus you walk in the best bed and you say, I just did it myself. And it was a Chiddush Nifla to them. And in these limited circumstances, you're allowed to talk about your Maisim Tevim. If you're there to make an impression, you've got to do it Lashma or as close to Lashma as you can. So, but I get to our children, there's again the fine line you don't want to come across the Balgaiva, and you certainly want to do it Lishma. But if you're doing mitzvahs and mice and in general, and you hide everything from the kids, they're never going to know that this is in the realm of Madrigas that we can reach today. So, it's important to share with them what you're doing sometimes without doing it out of Gaiva. And that's a, that's a balancing act. Yes? What? Someone, I don't understand how it fits with the actual story that the Gemara tells over because the response to Rabbi Tarfan doesn't sound like it's Talmudian talking to Rabbi Tarfan that, oh, you haven't done half. <laughs> yeah, they're totally wouldn't say it, but he walked in, there was like one main base manager in every town. So every base manager he was, he had 90% of the people with Tamidim, picture Yeshiva, and then there were the covert Yeshivas. So the Tamidim were amazed at, why don't you get the maid to do it? Why, you, why are you doing this, Rebbe? Like, it's a Mama Shazulza. He said, no, keep it up there. And then his colleagues said, Saka, very nice, but you should not. And they said this also, not to be Mazal's on hit, they said this also to Tamidim. 
to make another Kalachimer, that you think this is good, this is only half of what you should be doing, they were trying to make a Roshim of the and uh, they felt that this is an opportunity, and they also understood it wasn't going to come off as a zolzol for Abtar from his nobody was doing half of what he was doing. So I think that, I think that comment came from his chaverim. Obviously, not. if it came from the talmidim, then he should go back to teaching them before keeping it up. It would have been out of line. So I assume it was that came from the mizrachlant and the other uh, the other co roshishivas. But it's an important lesson. Uh, there's a reason why. Uh, pick another topic. Hilchastaka. Two topics ago. So. It makes a big roshim if you ever have choshev <coughs> people, mishalochim, roshashivas, uh, everybody in between coming to your house on say, a Sunday when your kid's at home. So one fellow told me, I don't know, it's gaiva, I'm going to write a check in front of my kid, I don't know, I'm going to show off. Oh, mat maseser. I said, mat maseser is very nice, that's in front of your neighbors. Your kids should see once in a while how you treat a guest and how you bring him in and you speak nicely, that's half the, that's half the effort already, and offer some orange juice or coffee. And then you sit down, and you write a check, and you tell your son to go get the checkbook, like uh, Avram and Yishmael, and uh, get him involved. He should see what's going on. That's not Gaiva, that's this. That makes a tremendous, tremendous version. And it, it won't be forgotten by the kids. And if you just make people feel funny, like, oh, that's not, it's not Gaiva, I said, try to work on doing it with Shmuel. And if you don't want to show them what's in the check, how many zeros? Okay, so don't show them the check. So you fold the check. But at least show them what you're doing. It's uh, one of my earliest memories. Hey, months, months in New York. I must have been, I don't know, seven, eight years old. It was Hakas on the afternoon. And my father called me down. It was four in the afternoon. And uh, he called me down from my room and told me to go get uh, this, orange juice, coffee, and this and that. And I said, why? He said, we have somebody here. Some Rosh was visiting. And as I was moving, um, hopefully not too slow, he almost in a whisper, said, um, whatever you're doing is being recorded now on a video, and um, make sure you do it with Rizus. So that made a ration on me. However, I, I remember the story. But if, you, if a kid's not there and you're not doing it for the kid, how's he going to remember that? How's he going to know that when you're a or what's Avram, and he's getting your shmol to do, and whatever you do is me, they're going to be... You have to ingrain that early. Then Shemayim, they're watching every move. Like the rabbits in the Vilna Gaim, they deal with a friend. Whoever dies first should come back and tell them how the din is in Shemayim. She came back, she said, the din is onion for The dick took every single move. So remember once we were collecting Stockholm, we waved to a lady across the street to come here. We wanted to solicit her. It says they even marked down the extra effort of the wave. Akadekach, we even got schar for the wave. So that's my father told me. He says, in Shemayim, they're recording this. I was going, but, but I probably went quicker after I heard that. <laughs> because it makes a, makes a ratio. So that's in line with this reptile. If you do something, there's a way to show what you're doing with that gaiver for your tamidim and your children that they should see what's going on. So um, that's, his, um, that's his explanation of this Gemara. Take a look at the Ramban. I did mention last night, and Sadiq um, said some of our listeners on Marissa Drive already started asking some very deep questions. Uh, so we're not going to do justice to it now because the Meisham actually has a separate piece on this, which is twelve pages long, and I want to show you the uh, condensed version. So we'll get to it later in Mitzvahim. But I just want to show you at least the Rishayim on Chumash, the Ramban, what he says about Arifas Yamim. So um, the question, which we're not going to deal with now, is how do you have Arifas Yamim in Olam Haba? which uh, was your question and your neighbor's question and probably everybody's question over here. Uh, if you're in Olam Haba, you're hopefully in Olam Haba and you're hopefully staying there. 
So what does Ari Chazi? Ari Chazi, I'm over here. It means you have a limited time. 80, 90, 100, 110, 120. Elisha holds per our discussion of Kippur. Should limit to 120. I, uh, somebody called me today and I, I wished them to 150. They started chuckling. So obviously they never heard the Ramesh, so I told them. Shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't limit yourself. Okay, but Arichas Yamim has a limit in the physical sense. So what does it mean by Elam Haba? Uh, that's not what the Ramban discussed. The Ramban wants to know what does Arichas Yamim mean in the Chumish by Kibbutz Avayim? Does it mean Elam Hazar, Elam both? So take a look at Yud Beis in the first column, in the bottom paragraph, where he outlines... And the Aserah Sadibris, coming up in Parshish Yisroi. The first four Dibris were Ben Olam Mokom. Now we're going to talk about how to deal with people. And the first one is parents. On the other half of the Luchas, it's all about Ben Olam That's why we had the debate we discussed early on is or a blend of both because it's on the first side of the Luchas. The Gemara also comments that until Kibbut of Aim, the Umas those that were sarcastic, said, Yeah, Hashem is Darshaning Latzmai, Rahmad Latzlan, Anachi Hashem, this was that, uh, of course, every king's going to Darshan for his own couple. When they got to Kibbut of Aim, they realized it was all Amos the Mafreya because the Kajra was asking. You to give covet to your parents, and then the luchos go on. Give covet to your friend, and help out your friend, and losane, uh, and don't be jealous of your friend. So this is the first that deals with people. This is the blend, as the Gemara says, that the two shutfim ba'adam, kosh and the mother and the father, the parents. So, Kosh Baruch Hu is the first Yetzer, and the parents in each generation are the final Yetzer of the person being born. We have to understand just like as a chutzpah, you should think there's another God, another power. It's like saying there's another father. Well, he's your Yetzir. So now we talk about the chiv to recognize parents as the ones who brought you into this world. And there are other people who did nice things for you, but they're your parents. We didn't yet discuss uh, adoption and uh, both sides of that, which I hope to get to. Maybe next week. Top line. And don't be mechabed your parents just for the money. Don't do it shalal l'shma. Olin yad acher sheitzape men or something else you want. Do it l'shma. La yisa shem aviv yishava b'chayav l'shava l'shaker. And you should be careful with your father's name. Also, I didn't touch that sugya because it's not as common. I think everybody knows you don't call your father, you don't call your mother by your first name. What if it's a shem shalpeli? That is unusual, and your friend is called Adolf, uh, which used to be a very popular name, by the way. I picked that. I'm staring at you. Uh, that's not your name, but uh, that's uh, Yekish your name. And, uh, and got, got very unpopular after the 1940s, for good reason. And that's a shame, Shapelli, if anybody still has the name. And names go in and out. Sprinter was popular once, and some people have it, and it was, it's a beautiful name. It just, sometimes it's just not in. You can't figure these things out. So if it's a shame, Shapelli, and you call your friend by that name, and like nobody else has a name but your mother, that's already going to be an issue, and we'll discuss when that's mutter, when, when that's also. 
which again, something we have to internalize, it's quite a statement, keep it of aim is on the level of, in some ways, of kveid amokom. Now, so the, the answer, the, the, the simple answer to your question is Ba'olam haba shakula arach. Arichaz means you're going to be in a place which by definition has Arichaz Yamin, which is Olam haba. Not that you can have Arichaz Yamin in Olam haba. And what the Chazal, the reason they're dashing this is because Arichaz Yamin can't be a promise for Olam because it's so short. What does it make of it? 90, 100, 110, 120. So by definition, if there's a real schar it must mean lelam haba, because that's the only place you can have a riches yamim. So that's the that's the pashup shot. But that in the inyani kabbalah, uh, whether um, a person can get thrown out of olam haba or not, uh, taken out of there, malachim got thrown out. But without any other, the simple shot over here is that's what pushing Chazal to say it does mean lelam haza. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's true for Olam Hazeh. But all of that is still very fleeting compared to Olam Habal. There's different qualities of light, of existence. 100%. But it's all, if you're talking about a physical form, no matter how you cut it, it's very, very, very short compared to the cosmos, compared to eternity. So if the Torah is going out of its way to promise it with Yamim and its value added 13% more than what you would have gotten, it's nice, but uh, that's the whole schar. Bit of aim is so uh, so big, and the promise of Richard Yami lives another 12 years. It's big, uh, 12 minutes is great. So, Rabban sort of says it's also Olamazer. If we get to the Meishar, has Raya's that it's, it's not much of that, but it's it's included. He's not arguing the Ramban, but the main thing is forcing Chazal to say it's only meaningful if it's Yem Shakulara, and that's Olamabah. So, it's not that you're longer there, it's eternity. You're in a place which promises that eternity. And the real Now you'll ask, every mitzvah, the is So again, the Pashup shot seems to be that yes, every mitzvah is, and certain mitzvahs promise a lot more Olam Haba. So you have, and there aren't that many on this list, you have Tamatera. You have, okay, Allah Adama, Yishavet Yisrael, it's connected to mitzvahs in certain ways, and you have keep it Keep It's a short list. So, the Ramban says, that's the Pshat, that the real schar has to be something that's meaningful and, and eternal. Okay, that's number two. Uh, the next thing we're going to see, which we're not going to give out now, because we only have a minute or two to go, I want to go back, as I mentioned last night, to the Dumba Benesina story, which uh, we have quoted already, Briefly, and we will quote, I'm sure, after this as well, but we want to get a, at least a mahalach in what was going on there. The two questions that jump off the page of the daf in this case is what we mentioned last night, that of all the thousands of cases in history, they can only find an akum 
to be able to show this example. So like the Meir Shalom asked last night, what happened to Yenison and Miriam, all the other Sadiqim and Tanakh and Sidkanias? So he said, this is the only example where it involved money and they were still missing Efesh and the reward was clear. Okay, but there have to be some other examples. Why'd they pick, why'd they pick him? Why did he get rewarded with a paraduma? Of all things, there are many valuable things. Hashem could do it in a way. Yad Hashem picks her. Hashem wants to pay him back. He could pay him back without causing Klayasol to lose money. So why does it have to cause the Sanhedrin to have to ante up to pay for a paraduma now? That he's going to overcharge for or charge what he quote-unquote lost last year. And those are two important hashkafets of the story. And the main halachic issue, all the Rishayna mask, is we paskin Mishal Avalo Mishal Ben. So why does he have to lose money in order to be able to pull this off and not wake up his father? Those are the three questions of Mitzvah Shem we will begin to discuss on Monday.